Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. Today, I'm coming from Eagle Point, Oregon, and my father-in-law, Gary Schwab's dining room table. And we're going to talk a little bit about his outdoor adventures, but also I would be remiss to not thank our veterans. So yesterday was Veterans Day, November 11th, 2023, and we thank you for all those who have served, who are currently serving, uh, all those killed in action. Freedom is not free, and we're grateful for your service and everything you do to keep us safe and free in this country. So um, we'll dive right into it. So Gary, thanks for coming on the podcast. Did oh, you have a oh, choice? glad to be here. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, we muted? We muted for a second, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, when I bring it to your house, you really don't have a choice, right? Right, right. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm glad to be here in my house. So. Yeah, <laughs> got you duct taped to the chair. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about some of your experiences in the outdoors, but we can talk about other things as well. So let's dive into, first of all, uh, just because I don't know all these things, but uh, where were you born? I was born in Burley, Idaho. Okay. There's a lot of game in Burley, Idaho, I would imagine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's about 30 miles up the Snake River from uh, Twin Falls, Idaho. Okay. A beautiful area, or is it kind of desolate? It's more farming area, and, uh, you know, you th- it's not like northern Idaho. It's uh, not the trees and forests and stuff. It's more sagebrush and farming area. So there's probably grouse and deer and maybe pheasant i don't know I mean, well i know there were a lot of pheasants was there? okay yeah. <laughs> so we're going to get into that but but i was young i yeah. you know i moved here when i was eight okay and you guys moved to central point yes okay and that's where you went to grade school and high school and all the above all the above yeah, yeah. well and you managed to get about what 40 minutes away Right now, isn't Eagle Point about 40 minutes from Central Point? Oh, no, no. Try 15. Oh, I drive pretty slow. <laughs> oh, yeah, so yeah, Jen, yeah. Jen will tell you. <laughs> yeah. If I'm driving, it's 40. But, so. no, I've spent most of my adult life here. Uh, grade school, high school, went to Southern Oregon College in Ashland, mm. which is here in the Rogue Valley. So, I mean. Yeah, and, you know, one of your adventures we'll talk about is when you rafted the scenic Root of the Rogue River. Oh, yeah. You know? so I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, it's not always about shooting something. <laughs> Sometimes it's just spending some time out in nature. So, um, you know, uh, you uh, have some experiences we'll talk about uh, for sure. And you played some football around here too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in in high school, I uh, played football at Crater. Uh, actually, junior high, high school. And uh, that was it. But, uh, yeah, I love football. And your parents were Mormon by faith? Is yes. That right? mm-hmm. And uh, so you, you came about naturally preparing for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. We joke around that, you know, if the apocalypse hits, we're going to Grandpa Gary's because he's got plenty of canned goods, filled up your bathtub with water for Y2K. Well, yeah, and uh, some of it may be out of date, but, you know... <laughs> We're, hey, we're good. Desperate times call for desperate <laughs> measures, you know. So, um, yeah. So, did your dad do any farming back there? Yeah. In, in fact, my dad was a rural mail carrier. Okay. 
but on the side we had uh, we I say because I was small uh, he had I'm going to say probably 20 acres outside of a little town we lived in a small town uh, uh, between Burley and Twin Falls it was called Eden Idaho okay and there were only like 250 people in town and uh, he had a small uh, I think they raised, their dad had some sheep, and uh, he raised some crops. But I had a lot of aunts and uncles there, too, and uh, they had farms around. Is that where that brand comes from, with the H with the arrow on it? Yes, uh, that's uh, registered for my father. It was uh, the arrow H. Is that for Howard, for his first name? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I've always looked at that and been curious about it, so... Well, you know, I I put farming in the same category as anything outdoors. So yeah, in fact, I'll point to it. You can't see it here, <laughs> but uh, that's his shovel up above uh, that he irrigated with. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they didn't buy shovels all the time. They actually r- repaired them. Mm-hmm. It's got a welding hole in it. That type of thing. Oh, that's cool. And it looks like it's in good shape. I mean, did you have it restored after you when you hung no. it up? Little. No. Uh, uh, oil on it, and that was it. Yeah, that's cool. So he's got an old shovel and then an old maybe scythe hanging up over the Those southern... are hay saws. Oh, hay saws, okay. Those are from my grandparents oh. that uh, had uh, farms up around Burley. Okay. That was my mother's side. And uh, her her family had farms, and one of my uncles was one of the largest potato farmers there in around Burley that provided Simplot with uh, potatoes for McDonald's fries. Oh, wow. That's cool. That's some cool history. So, like, you look at Idaho and everybody assumes potato. That's where all of our brains go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But your dad was also famous for garlic and yodeling, right? (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) But, yes, we were talking about last night about the kids on Halloween. My dad at one time was very proud that he raised, uh, what is it, the huge garlics. Yeah, elephant garlic. El- elephant garlic, right. And uh, he actually handed those out to kids on Thanksgiving. <laughs> on Thanksgiving or Halloween? <laughs> or, or Halloween, excuse yeah, So they'd me. knock on the door, <laughs> trick or treat. Knock on the door and- here and they'd like... Well, what's that? But anyway, yeah. He's trying uh, to keep their immune systems going strong, you know? And yeah, he, uh, well, Schwab is our last name, and he had a real background in uh, uh, German. Uh, In fact, uh, his father came over from Germany on a cattle barge. Hmm. And uh, so the yodeling was big (laughs) in, in Germany at the time. And uh, my dad thought the ladies loved it. Yeah. He just lure them in with the yoga. Yeah. And uh, so there's, uh, should I tell the experience I had with my dad at a eating establishment with my daughters? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. That's why we're here. <laughs> we had gone to, I can't remember, it's uh, a buffet. And my brother, who was 10 years older than I am, and uh, my two daughters... Your wife. <laughs> yeah, I married one of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, we were there, and there was a, uh, a retirement home, had some ladies there. 
And uh, after we ate, we had my dad there. My dad was approximately in his upper 80s. And uh, we were finished, ready to leave the establishment. And uh, my dad wandered over and started yodeling in this hometown buffet. (laughs) And uh, your wife, Jennifer, and uh, my other daughter... uh, Headed for the doors really quick <laughs> because Dad was trying to impress the ladies there. Anyway, that's one uh, example because my dad had a great voice, but uh, he was trying to uh, do the yodeling in, this was probably the 2000s. <laughs> Did it work for him? No, it didn't. No. <laughs> so you come by it naturally for the affinity for the blue-haired ladies. We were talking about those earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, let's get into some of your outdoor adventures. So what's your oldest memory of doing something out in the woods as far as, you know, hunting or fishing or hiking or any of that? Well, first of all, my first encounter with even close to hunting was I was probably, I'm going to say five, six and my brother, who is almost 10 years older than I am, he would go hunting with my dad. So if I was five, my dad or my brother was probably 15, and uh, we were there in Eden, Idaho, and they had been hunting. And I can't remember if they got an animal or not, but uh, I wandered out to the car, which was a Willie's Jeep at that time. And... Uh, there was a rifle in between the seats pointing upwards. And as curious as I am at six years old or whatever, I hadn't been around guns, and I reached in and pulled the trigger and shot a hole in the roof of the Willie's car. Oh, nice. And I'm sure, I, I can't remember everything that was going on, but I'm sure that everybody was excited, yeah. <laughs> including you, me. You might have been busy getting spanked. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I don't know if there was a spanking involved, but my ears were ringing, I'll yeah. tell you that. Yeah, and what What do you think, what year would have that been if you would have been six? Oh, that would have probably been about... Uh, 1953, okay, somewhere yeah. in there. So that was that's a classic Jeep, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, see, my I my dad, I did I didn't go ever go hunting with my dad. My dad because my brother was older. It seemed like they did that, mm-hmm. and uh, I was too young to go. So do you think I they never, were bird hunting or deer hunting or both or not with him? Mm-hmm. Not then. I didn't actually go hunting until I came to Oregon and I uh, met my future wife. And uh, her parents were the hunters. And uh, it seemed like we did hunting then. I did do a little hunting, pheasant hunting, uh, with some of the guys in high school and stuff like that. But uh, that was about it as far as my hunting goes until I met her and, and her stepdad. So we'll get into the pheasant hunting story that I've heard, but um, first, let's talk about the time that you um, rafted the scenic side of the Rogue River. Number one, how many days is that trip? Uh, I think it was, gosh, this has been, geez, 30 years ago, but I believe it was a three-day trip, Mm -hmm. and uh, we entered below Grants Pass, 
And uh, the first trip was, uh, I graduated with, uh, first of all, I was president of my class uh, for two different years in high school. And then uh, when we graduated, this is a few years after that, uh, the president of our class was Steve Maple, and his vice president was uh, Dennis Smith, which we called C.W. Smith, which was eventually became a, a sheriff here in Jackson County and also a uh, county commissioner. And, and at he's the, time, the one that does these drawings you have up around your house too, right? He did those? Yes. He was a very good artist and uh, actually a craftsman. He did uh, a lot of crafts too. But uh, yeah, he was uh, well known around the valley. Uh, and another guy that I graduated with was Dennis or uh, Tom Dew. So there were the four of us that were actually uh, out of high school. We had been out like 20 years and... Uh, I was asked to go along with them down the uh, down the scenic section, and we took uh, rafts. They were like 12, 14-foot rafts. There were two of them, two of us to a boat. And we stayed in lodges at the time. We stayed in, um, oh, I'm trying to think now. I want to say Big Bear hmm. was a lodge. That may not be the exact name, but what I remember was as we got down to the Black Bear, it had a rattlesnake built out of rock into the chimney. Oh, cool. But, uh, yeah, it was a great trip. We had a great, a lot of fun. I mean, are those pretty dangerous rapids on that section, or is it more mellow? Uh, It's more mellow. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of, there are some, uh, let me... I can't remember the names of the of the rapids, but quite a few of them. Coffee Pot is one, and I remember Dennis or CW. We're going through that, and um, I looked at it, and the, uh, this is where the rogue really gets narrow, mm -hmm. and it's only like twenty feet wide, and there's no rapids there. It's real calm. And I said, that's coffee pot because you hear of a lot of rafts being sunk there. Mm. And he goes, yeah, that's coffee pot. But he says, it's more dangerous than it looks. Well, as we go through it, it's more of a whirlpool. It suck you down kind of thing. Well, and it turns you around. And Dennis was doing the rowing. And the oars hit the side of the wall and almost knocked him out of the boat. Oh, geez. Okay, and then uh, right there, just below that, is called Blossom Bar, which is one of the one of the bad or more exciting uh, rapids on the river. There's a lot of big rocks up, and uh, so we had to get out. Pot, and then you go straight to that one pretty quick. Pretty pretty close, mm -hmm. and uh, we had to get out and take a look from up above on the rocks and stuff to navigate that. But, uh, and then below that, we finally stayed at, uh, I'm going to say Rogue River Lodge. And, uh, we went down, it was funny because we went down with a group of, 
uh, sports store owners that were guides. And uh, Tom Dew at that time was uh, in charge. He worked for the Forest Service and the BLM, and he was in charge of all of the maintenance of the trails and the permits on the Rogue River scenic section. And so he knew a lot of these owners and this and that, and we were able to go down with these uh, guides, but we were behind them. We weren't part of the group, but we stayed in the same lodges as they did on this trip, and it was a riot because uh, there was a little bit of drinking going on. (laughs) Just a tad. (laughs) Yeah. Just a tad. And uh, CW... Uh, one of the reasons that people just love this guy was uh, he was a big joke teller. And he kept these people in stitches uh, at the different evenings that we were there and had dinners with them and stuff like that. But it was, it was a great trip, you know, yeah, for, that... for the three of us or, or the four of us going down after 20 years. Yeah. And we're all, except for Dennis, Dennis passed away about four years ago. But... Uh, we're still all fairly close. Yeah, you know, that's really cool. close. Yeah. So, you know, there was no banjos in the background or anything like that. The- well, there may have been, but we didn't hear them. <laughs> you walked that. <laughs> <laughs> then I was able to then, oh, I'm going to say it was probably three years later, Tom Dew invited me to go down again with him and a group of YMCA people that he was acquainted with. There were probably six six girls and probably six or seven of us guys. And we went down, and this time, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we camped each night. Uh, the girls did most of the cooking and stuff like that. But I was able to do that trip... I probably did that trip in Tahiti's, the blow-up type Tahiti's. Oh, yeah. I probably did most of that in probably two-thirds to three-quarters of that in the Tahiti's themselves rather than in the rafts. Well, and is some of that section the area we go when we do those jet boat tours where we – because you do those Hell's – what do they call it? Hell's Gate or – yeah. Jet boat tours. And we go to do that scenic part of the Rogue and they talk – wasn't River Wild film there and – Oh, there's been several. Uh, Catherine Hepburn and um, <sighs> what? Can't, who's he's most? I can't think of it right now. I mean, the great True Grit. Oh, John Wayne. John Wayne. Yeah. John Wayne. Catherine Hepburn and this and that did uh, uh, several movies on that uh, down through that canyon. That isn't quite down in the wild section, though. Okay. That's still above it. Uh, The wild section starts probably, I'm going to say, 12 to 15 miles still downriver from that. Okay. But uh, it's kind of fun at times to go through that. There's a place called Rainy Falls just after you start into this. And uh, it's probably got a drop of about 10 to 15 feet depending on the flow of the river, whether there's a lot of water going over or not much. Uh, there wasn't too much in... We usually went in in October. It was The water was lower. Watching these guys go over Rainy Falls, uh, 
in hard shell rafts. They would go over rainy and those rafts would go torpedo straight down. Mm. You wouldn't, it seemed like it would be five minutes before they'd come up. Pop it's not up. that, but they're down river about a uh, hundred yards before they come up. And you're doing this in October? Yeah. So that water's cold. No, no, no? it's still early October. Is it shallow enough? Or? Yeah, okay. yeah. Man, that's wild. No, but uh, they were great trips. It's a lot of fun. and Yeah, it sounds like some good memories. Yeah. So let's fast forward to some of your bird hunting. So I don't know, you know, there's an incident that I want to hear more about <laughs> that I've heard about before, but leading up to that, did you bird hunt prior to that happening or? Uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, after school, when I was in high school, probably it was probably my senior year, I had uh, got my, my dad had given me uh, his 16-gauge shotgun. And uh, after school, there'd be probably four or five of us that would go up here just in the valley outside of town or up towards the hills, and we would pheasant hunt. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you know? I have a 16-gauge, too. It's a fun shooting gun. I don't know what that noise is. Might be my. Oh, okay. It might Some, be my. Somebody's after you. Yeah. Is it a medication alarm? <laughs> I thought somebody, was, somebody was in a casino or something. Oh, and no, it's uh, <laughs> my ex wife's boyfriend <laughs> wanting to know if I want to go golfing. <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, well, that's an important one. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. friends. Uh, yeah. You know, after 30 years, uh, you yeah. know, we're great. Shout out to Ted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, no, I didn't do a lot of hunting. But uh, then after my uh, my wife and I met as sophomores in high school, and uh, her she had just moved to uh, from Medford to Central Point and started there at our Crater High School there in Central Point when she was a sophomore, and her father-in-law was really. An avid hunter. Or her stepfather, probably. Her stepfather. What did I say? You said father-in-law, which would be oh, your dad. Yeah, but. yeah. okay, no. No, her, her stepdad was really a avid hunter. Um, and that's where I got into doing most of my hunting, whether it was bird hunting or deer hunting. Or actually, we did some elk hunting, too. So um, I didn't have my own gun, so I usually used one of theirs. He had several. He was one of these that said uh, he used a nine millimeter if they were long shots. He used a forty-four magnum if they were brushy, hmm. so he could push the brush that type of thing. So he he was more of a avid hunter, and so I usually used uh, which was actually Connie's mom's thirty uh, six. Okay, it's classic when we when we hunted, yeah. and that's a good all around gun. Oh yeah. And you, um, so let's get into this bird hunt. So this bird hunt where this incident occurred. Describe the setting, what you were doing, the group of people, and what happened. You want to find out where I almost died. Yeah, <laughs> where you got shot in the face. Where you yeah. got Dick Cheney'd, is how they say it these days. Okay. Uh, on the weekends, uh, we would hunt. This was on a weekend, a Saturday morning, early and uh, there was uh, myself, 
and uh, Connie's stepbrother, David. And uh, there was Jim, her stepfather. And there was one of his friends, Bill, I can't remember his last name, and his son that was 19 years old. Uh, we all hunted together. And uh, we had hunted most of the morning uh, around different fields in White City. That's in between Central Point and Eagle Point here. And uh, we had later in the day, we had gone into Medford and uh, hunted in an area that had a lot of... Let me back up here a minute. During the hunts earlier in the morning... As we were hunting, uh, this Bill and his son would, usually when you hunt, you keep everybody in line alongside of you, and you know where you are, you know where not to shoot, because if a bird gets up and flies at one of you, you wait until it gets out of uh, that so you can take a shot at it. You want to see some blue sky underneath the bird. <laughs> anyway, Yes. And, uh, are you, did you guys have dogs, or were no. you just kind of pushing the fields? We, we were just pushing, and so uh, times when we'd get done uh, on a special hunt where we'd go through a field, uh, Bill and his son would take off. It's like they wouldn't communicate with us. And Bill's son was really quick. Mm. This 19-year-old kid would shoot the birds before they'd even have a chance to fly. I mean, he was really on them. And during that time in the morning, this happened three or four different times where we were going, now this isn't the safest way to hunt. Uh, I made the comment, somebody's going to get hurt mm. if this keeps going on. What do they call that, foreshadowing? You got me. I think that's <laughs> you a, got the me. name for it. Okay, so later in the day, we're in Medford, and uh, we get into this uh, teasel. Uh, I want to say teasel is kind of like a thistle, but it's very thick. And it's as tall. I'm not very tall. I'm only like 5'5 five, five right now. And uh, this stuff can get to be six, seven feet tall. And it's thick. And so we started hunting. Uh, and we're only probably 20, 30 yards apart. And we're going through the teasel, and I'm on the outside going up and down these uh, where the ditches have been cleaned with a backhoe. And a bird got up between us and flew at me, and I waited because it was in line with uh, the guys, the line that we were hunting. And uh, all of a sudden, bam, I'm on the ground. Mm. <laughs> and... Uh, it wasn't good. Uh, I thought at the time that I was dying because uh, I don't know how many people are out there that have been shot in the head, <laughs> but it's not a lot. But it's uh, you're uh, disoriented for sure, and uh, it's it's more numb than it is painful. And it was a twelve gauge, right? Uh, I don't know. You don't know, but you just know you're <laughs> it was <shot>. powerful. Yeah. <laughs> well, and your your head was bloody, and you couldn't see. Well, I, I'm assuming I had on sunglasses, which, and, which was good. I mean, well, to save your eyes. The sunglasses 
were knocked off, and I found myself on the ground, and I couldn't see, and I was, uh, this was numb, and er, I just thought at the time, this, things flashed before me. I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, I'm dying. And I reached up, and I couldn't see, and then I was able to brush off the blood from my eyes, and I could see. And I could see this couple of them were still hunting. And I just hollered something. It was probably uh, some ex- not nice. Right. <laughs> Might have been some explicit terminology. And anyway, uh, they came over and um, they just started looking at me. Nobody did anything. And uh, I said, uh, hey, how about somebody taking me to the hospital? Yeah. <laughs> they go, oh, okay. Anyway, on the way to the hospital, the son, this was that 19-year-old that uh, did the shooting, one of the pellets, uh, I'll back up a little bit. They, this uh, Bill and his son were very proud because they were great hunters they loaded their own shells, and they oh, loaded they were loaded up. They loaded up for the max, you know. <laughs> anyway, the uh, one one BB went in straight, or I had like four that hit me on the skull and went just underneath the skin, mm-hmm. and went sideways. But one hit me head on, straight right in the middle of the forehead. And uh, actually, then when we got to the hospital, it had gone into my sinus. It had gone into my sinus cavity and started out the back. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so I was in surgery that night, and they took it out, and uh, it's affected my sinuses ever since. <laughs> well, and it was lead shot, so it's because I remember they debated on whether to take it out or not, and they decided to take it out, which was probably good. Yeah. You know? Well, it was. They asked me, they said, well, we could leave it in, you could take it out. I could rattle around well, I, in there. I'm here, I'm hurting now, let's take it out now. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the experience I had with uh, pheasant hunting. And uh, So when this is going down, is everything in slow motion? I mean, are you, does time kind of stand still, would you say? Or were you in shock, you think? I, I, I was probably in shock. I don't remember time standing still. It seemed like uh, it just... People were in shock around me. Well, yeah. That scene walking up on you had to be like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, you know? but uh, anyway, so that, yeah, it wasn't a good experience. And uh, this this led to some of the hunting afterwards. We'll get into this as we go along, that uh, hunting just wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't cut out to be the mighty hunter. I was... <laughs> More of uh, in the bullseye. Yeah. Well, the ra- uh, you probably headed back to the raft. And you said, this seems like a little bit more exciting to me. Yeah. 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 So, wow. Yeah, that's an experience that I don't think a lot of people get to walk away from and talk about. Yeah, and it's a good, it's, it's a good thing that, to not. Yeah. So. yeah, you don't want to experience that one if yeah. you can avoid it. So you you fast forward you get through that uh, were you calling your you know father in law the next weekend saying hey are we going to go bird hunting again or did you take a little break uh, I think I took a break yeah but uh, even after that I mean because uh, I, we were hunting deer and whatever before this was during you know years of whatever uh, 
and uh, it just seemed like uh, after that it kind of slowed down. Yeah. You know, the different hunting you experiences. Is and, <laughs> You're like, you and, know what? Uh, I'm going to pick up a weekend shift, so I'm not going to be able to make it this time. Well, and we'll get in. I guess we'll get into this. You had mentioned, but uh, there were some other situations in my hunting experience where it wasn't good for me. Well, let's talk about, before we get into another unusual story, uh, let's let's talk about uh, the deer that you did harvest. Because you did get a, a three-point mule deer at one time, right? Yeah, in fact, I think it was a four-point. Oh, four-point. Um, I've. Uh, Do you remember where you were? Well, first of all, let's go before that. Uh, okay. There was a time where we went hunting uh, with Jim. We used to take the kids and trailers and go uh, hunting over around uh, Bonanza. By Klamath Falls. Klamath Falls, uh, along what they called uh, border... It was the borderline road that wandered back and forth into California and Oregon. Okay. And uh, there was a place there called Langel Valley. And uh, there was uh, myself and uh, Jim and... uh, his best friend at that time was uh, Stan Green and his boy, which was probably at the time, uh, his boy was probably 14, 15. Okay. young guy. And uh, we hunted this area called, uh, it was like a Langel Valley. It was like a rim rock that we were set up early in the morning, daybreak, and uh, we were just on stands. And uh, it was this was pretty close to my first hunting experiences, and uh, I can remember uh, I couldn't see the other guys because we they put me on a stand. It was kind of like I say a rim rock. I was looking down from the rocks, and uh, all of a sudden I see two. I think there were four good horns come into where I could get a shot and uh, I'll be darned I took a shot and got one and uh, I wandered down to uh, get the deer and uh, it was dead they heard the shot they all came around and they they said uh, okay you know in fact I didn't even know how to get one then and uh, so Stan and Jim were there and I said, I had to shoo the other one away. You just kept coming back. Probably yeah, brother, kept yeah. coming back. They must. I don't know if they were twins or what. Yeah, but probably. And they go, well, why didn't you shoot that one? <laughs> and I go, well, I mean, I only have one tag. Yeah. That's my thinking at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't. But, I mean, this deer just kind of hung around, and I just had to shoo, shoo, yeah. get, out get out of here, here. you know? <laughs> So that's that's one experience of my first hunting, and that's experience. probably I mean over there that's either a mule deer or maybe a bench oh, leg. Oh, they yeah. were, they were muleys, were they? Yeah, because they do have bench legs in Cave Falls where they're a blacktail crossed with a mule deer too. Okay, no, but, this was definitely mules. Okay, well, that's cool. So uh, then to get back to uh, the one that uh, is really uh, rememberable was uh, in the Trout Mountains. And the Trouts, if nobody knows, is uh, over, it's actually east of Lakeview. Okay. You have to go to, like, Lakeview, and if you're on the way to Winnemucca, Nevada, there's a place out in the desert called Denio. 
mm. which is just a, at that time it was just a one person store and i think there was a motel there so you're way out there oh you're way out in the middle of nowhere and then you uh instead of going towards nevada you heard you head north and go towards uh anyway north for probably 30 or miles or so and then you head back east up into the trout mountains and uh they had already been up there the group that i was hunting with was again connie's uh my wife's stepfather and his boy david and uh, there were probably three or four others in the camp and because i worked and they'd gone up the day before i didn't get up there until probably friday actually saturday morning around midnight or one o'clock and it was snowing mm. you're way up in the middle of nowhere and they uh we camped at the actually i think a spring starts the trout mountains up at the top and so uh slept for two or three hours and they got me up and we went down and got on a stand that was down a ways from where we were camping. And when you're saying getting on a stand, you're not climbing into a tree stand or something or a self-structure. You're just saying you're sitting on a outcropping of rocks or something like that and right. looking this, over. And there, it's not like where we hunted Langell Valley or whatever. This is up in the Trout Mountains where you can see for a mile or okay. two miles or three miles. So you're on binoculars and looking. And yeah, and uh, we were on a rim rock again. And this was a good size area of rim rocks. So we were kind of spread out on the rim rocks and um, just kind of ho-hum like you do when you're on a stand early in the morning. And uh, you could see across this uh, canyon, you could see deer, but they were so far away you couldn't take a shot. Just feeding in the morning. And uh, come to find out... uh, because we were down from where we camped, some of the hunters, uh, there were other camps up there. They drove these uh, deer down. And I can't remember who said it, but they go, expletive, look behind us. And we turned around and there was a herd behind us. I pulled up my rifle, this OT-6, had a scope, so how many deer are we talking? Oh, I'd say probably at least a dozen, mm-hmm. maybe more. It's a big group of deer. Uh, because uh, when I pulled up my scope, all I could see was fur and antlers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, they're they're that close. Yeah. <laughs> and I fired, and I heard some other shots and this and that. But anyway, after it was all done and said, I downed a four-point. Uh, and this was a special hunt. Uh, it was the first year that they had opened this for I don't know how many years for any antler deer. Oh, so maybe it used to be three-point or better. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. And so the four-point that I got was old. I mean, it was a big old deer. A lot of teeth were gone and yeah. <laughs> everything else. But uh, that was really memorable hunt. Do you, you know? have any pictures of that deer? No. Do you, have, do you know where the antlers ended up? No, I don't. Huh. This is, you know, because I'm not, you know, this is still fairly new to me. Right. And, 
Anyway, no, I don't. Uh, in fact, the four points were on one side, but the other side were, I think there were a couple of them knocked off, and they were, it was gnarly. They mm. weren't, uh, it wasn't a nice, even set. Let, yeah. I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> they were fighting old bucks. Yeah. But anyway, that's, so. That's cool, though, to just turn around and have a scope full of antlers and hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's what I remember. I thought, man, it, that's it. Hair and antlers, they're a bunch. But I think uh, I think there were two of us in the party that got deer on, on just that that one shot, you know, with that and were they be- Were they behind you? They snuck up behind you kind of? Yeah. Well, yeah. they got driven down to us. Right. You know, and then on this rim rock, they had nowhere to go but sideways, yeah. you know, when all the shooting started. So, yeah. but yeah, it was memorable. Yeah, no kidding. So let's talk about... Uh, other close calls that you had that kind of said, okay, um, I'm going to take a break from this hunting thing and maybe do something else. So what was the, didn't you have another experience where, Oh was, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. There were times when, uh, out of a whim, uh, Jim would come and get me and say, Hey, let's go hunting. And I go, okay. So this, uh, Stan green, was very good friends and Stan had a uh, it was a dually pickup and uh, we weren't mainly we weren't mainly road hunters but uh, once in a while you know depending on what it was they would so we took off and went up to uh, Union Creek and above Union Creek is on the way up to Crater Lake okay from here and just past Union Creek uh, on your way to Diamond Lake uh, you take off and head towards Crater Lake and it's called County Line Road and it gets up to the border of uh, the National Park there at Crater Lake and uh, I'm short okay so I get to sit in the middle all the time (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a word for that that lucky, we won't say. But yeah. Lucky me. Well, I don't know. You haven't told me that yet. But <laughs> yeah, anyway. no, you can say whatever. But, uh, but uh, buck fever has something to do with uh, even the most avid hunters. Yeah. It happens. It's contagious sometimes. And uh, we're going along the borderline road there off a of county line road. And sure enough, a buck appears in the middle of the road ahead of us probably 100 200 yards ahead and boy the pickup stops and guys jump out and they're just about uh jim got out first he's on the passenger side and uh he's getting his gun aimed at that buck and stan goes to grab his gun and boom it goes off right by my feet (laughs) you know and i go whoa didn't hit the transmission or anything else and didn't hit my leg but uh those are some of the situations that i've come across that uh i just thought "Mm, this uh i maybe i better use my camera right yeah (laughs) you know instead of going with these guys that are and these guys have hunted they're entire lives yeah and in that moment they're just yeah you know, in that moment thinking. boy is like let's get gary yeah 
<laughs> this guy, we know he can survive bullets. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. let's test it him again. But anyway, so those are some of the situations that uh, I ran into hunting that uh, kind of stymied me. I still hunted after that. Um, I, we did elk hunt at times. Um, I can remember going up to, uh, we hunted, elk hunted up around Diamond Lake. We'd go up to Diamond Lake and rent cabins and stay with there with the kids and wives and stuff, and we'd go out during the day and hunt. Uh, I'd, I can remember uh, upper, we hunted Elephant Mountain is up there, and uh, we also hunted around La Mola Lake, and I can remember just tracking down uh, elk, Never did come across a bull, but uh, find some cows. And found stuff. some cows and stuff like that. But isn't it weird that elk? I've only elk hunted a few times, and they're they're so huge, but they're so elusive. You oh know, yeah, you, it's amazing yeah. when you run into them, and then all of a sudden there's a herd of sixty, and you're like, man, how have we, we never see these things? Uh, this is the times when you know uh, the guys are up there because usually at that time there's snow up there, mm-hmm. and uh, they'd go out hunting for tracks and this and that, and uh, I'd get out and take off because I wasn't much, as you can tell, I wasn't much of riding in the trucks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're like, I'll go on foot. Yeah. yeah, so I'll take on foot and push them, you know, and this and that. And it was, I enjoyed that. Yeah. But uh, hunting kept getting a little bit less and less of uh, my enthusiasm towards it. The appeal know. was wavering. <laughs> yeah. Well, even though, for me, the elk hunting thing, if you're tracking elk in the snow, getting on tracks, catching up to that herd, you start to smell them before you see them, which is just kind of exciting. And I mean, part of, for me, the exercise component, I've been hunting quite a bit this season and, uh, you know, we'll do a whole podcast about my mule deer hunt, but we, uh, just the blacktail hunting, I've got this Willamette tag, which lets me hunt all the way till February. So I've been going on these hunting hikes, if you will, and getting in five to six miles on a hunt and just getting some exercise, seeing some animals. So that for me is the hiking component physically is is worth well, it alone well at that time of the at that time of my life uh i was the same way you mm-hmm. know uh aside from riding in the middle right <laughs> but when we could go out and get uh, actually go out and uh one thing that really got me was that man you're able to take pitch in the snow and light a fire yeah <laughs> you know stuff like that I, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd never been around that and yeah. it was great you know, yeah. Well, you know, especially when you dress for it. Yeah, when you're ready for it and ready yeah. for it, it's great. Well, you also hiked some of Crater Lake too, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we uh, took the kids. We'd go take the kids, and uh, I think it's Mount Scott mm-hmm. uh, is the tallest peak up at uh, Crater Lake. Uh, we and the girls, Connie my wife and uh, Angela and Jennifer uh, would, uh, I could remember a hike that we took up to the lookout on uh, Mount Scott there at Crater Lake. And one thing that I can remember so well, uh, I can't remember how old the girls were, but uh, on the trail going up, butterflies were coming out you might say, mm-hmm. and they're Hatching. yeah, and they're only like four or five feet off of the ground on the side hills, mm-hmm. 
They're all over. I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stuff like that. Those are know? the things. And that's what we always talk about on this show is like those little things, these little moments. And in your mind when they're happening, you're like, oh, I'll be able to see this another time. And you may never see it in your lifetime again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's part of the reason why we like to do it. But Well, do you got any other burning uh, stories or advice you want to give to the listeners? <laughs> You want to hear my story about hunting uh, squirrels? Sure. Uh, I hunted squirrels in my house. (laughs) (laughs) So you didn't actually go out in the woods for this one? I didn't have to. Was there more than one or just a squirrel? Well, can I tell the story? Yeah, tell the story. I'm just building up the suspense. Yeah. uh, After I got out of college, uh, I went up and worked at uh, Lloyd Center up in Portland for about five years. And then we decided I quit up there or came back here and we built a house out by uh, close to the Rogue River out here outside of Eagle Point. Yeah, a few acres. Or a Had a couple acres. of acres out there. It was a beautiful place. And over the years, uh, squirrels, digger squirrels, got into the walls of the house. Uh, come to find out, uh, because I'd never lived outside, you know, before, was um, don't keep the dog food out in the garage. <laughs> uh, actually, what had happened was that we had a fireplace, and uh, uh, the squirrels would get into the dog food, and then they would go under through where the uh plumbing was, went through the walls of the house, got underneath and got into the, uh, eventually we found out, they got in underneath the fireplace. Mm, they were staying warm. Nice and warm, yeah. you know, this and that. And uh, they got to where uh, sometimes we had a toy poodle at the time, and I had a uh, dog, his name was Rowdy, that uh, was half Australian Shepherd and half German Shepherd. Mm. He looked like he was half Australian Shepherd and half Lab. He was okay. a good-sized dog. Anyway, uh, it got to where sometimes we'd notice the poodle inside the house scratching at the walls. Well, what the heck is going on, you know? Well, eventually, we found out that the scratching was coming back at the dog from inside the walls. <laughs> And I'm going, hmm. Uh, so we found out, finally saw some squirrels in the garage, this and that, figured out it was squirrels in the, in the walls. So we, uh, we, I decided I'm going to get them. But being the mighty hunter I am, <laughs> I didn't want to hurt the little devils. <laughs> so I got what you'd call the humane traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, knew where they were going in and out, this and that, you know, and uh, it the humane traps just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> they'd bait them up and, you know, they'd go, boy, those squirrels are smart. Anyway. Uh, you were feeding the squirrels. Yeah, yeah, along with the dog food. <laughs> right. Uh, I was feeding them peanuts, poison peanuts, all kinds of stuff. It just wasn't working. You need a diverse diet as a squirrel. I needed something definite. Yeah. So uh, got the regular varmint traps, the, what do you call them, clamshell traps, and uh, 
nailed them down where uh, they'd work. And sure enough, boy, we started catching squirrels. When you ask, was it just one or two? <laughs> no, there was quite a family there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we got several. And uh, if I didn't finish them off, Rowdy would get them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So anyway, to make a long story short, this is where it got uh, kind of uh, theatrical. We moved the uh, dog food into a uh, closet in the house. In a garbage can or something, or just still in a bag? No, still in the bag. We thought we were safe, man. You moved that stuff in the house. You know, you got rid of them. You know, they're out They're yeah. out in the garage. Yeah, they can't chew through they paper. They can't chew through the paper. Well, they can't get in the house, right. you know. They get yeah. in the house from out by the fireplace or whatever in the garage. Yeah. No, that's not the way it works. We found out. Connie had been in an accident, and she was home, and her mother was there with us uh, because she had been out of the hospital for a few days, and uh, we had moved that uh, dog food into that closet. And uh, her name is Phyllis, Grammy G. Mm -hmm. is Grandma Phyllis, and she was there at the house kind of helping me look after Connie after she got out of the hospital. And uh, it was late at night, about, I'm going to say 10 o'clock. We'd all gone to bed, and uh, I hear this screeching and clawing and whatever, and I'd put a, uh, I had put a trap, one of these claw traps, in the, the closet because we knew that the squirrels had been in there, too. And sure enough, uh, I got up and ran in there and opened the door, and sure enough, I'd got a squirrel in the, in the trap. And uh, lo and behold, I forgot. I was in my shorts. <laughs> I mean, my undershorts. Yeah. <laughs> Phyllis got up, and I'm uh, there. I had put on my work boots. <laughs> in my shorts, and I've got this squirrel on a chain. The mighty hunter had <laughs> done it again. <laughs> and uh, anyway, took it outside, and Rowdy dispatched it. But uh, that's another funny... <laughs> and did Phyllis, Phyllis walk in on that scene? or? Oh, yeah. She, yeah. Phyllis saw me in all my glory. Yeah. <laughs> She's still Can traumatized? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you might ask her that. <laughs> yeah, might bring that one up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, that's well, another hunting story that I I don't know if it's hunting or well, whether. I'll but. tell you, all that experience came in handy for us because when we first moved into our house out in the country, we had this mole wreaking havoc in our front yard, <laughs> and and we I could not catch that little punk. Oh, and I think I know who did. Yeah, you came over, <laughs> and I had gotten an array of traps, and boy, by I don't know the third day, you had him down. So. Uh, but you notice I didn't use a gun to get them. No, you definitely did. <laughs> oh, well, that was good. That's a good story. That's uh, I'm definitely gonna have to talk to Grammy G about that and see what her memory of you standing there with the squirrel, what that did for her. 
Yeah, uh, she's been traumatized ever since, yeah, but anyway. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for doing this. We talked for almost an hour, which, I, you, you know, it goes fast. Yeah, so. well, hurry, because I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got Jennifer's in the other room trying not to laugh too loudly. She's wiping tears from her eyes, so remembering those memories. So that's good. I mean, that's the whole point of this. I just so. love to make my daughters cry. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, exactly. that's really good. That's what good. life's all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, you've gone through a lot of medical crap the last couple of years. Oh, so boy. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful that you're here with us and you're doing good. Uh, I am blessed to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And you're looking good. I mean, I know your back's hurting you, but other than that, you're compared to where you were, you've come a long way. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. So we love you and we thank you for taking the time. And uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime. Now you know what it's all about. Love Casey's you too, done. man. Yeah. Thanks for being here. You bet.